Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 11 of the AP Sports Theory Podcast. It is 6.24 p.m. here in Lynchburg, Virginia, where we are recording. And um, it's time to break down what happened yesterday in football, what's going to happen tonight in the Ravens game that is on Monday Night Football, and time to break down what the future looks like for the Philadelphia Phillies with everything that's going on. They lost in the World Series. It's really sad. It was a magical ride, a ton of fun, re-spike, Bryce made the city his playground. It was genuinely a terrific moment for the city of Philadelphia. I had so much fun. And now it's time to talk about the NFL, talk about what the future is for the Phillies. What does it mean for Reese Hoskins? What does it mean for the free agency and trade deadline? Or not the trade deadline, but trades coming up. It's going to be very interesting. Now, with that said, before we get to the music, go follow us. At AP Sports Theory on Twitter, on Instagram, email us at apsportstheory at gmail.com. Questions, mailbag, we'll do whatever. Just give us some content. Show us some love. Go rate and review on Spotify and wherever else we are live, on Anchor, and whatever other websites we're on. Now, with all that out of the way, this is AP Sports Theory. Welcome back, you hooligans. All right, Ryan, say hello. Woo, dude, I'm exhausted. Shut up. You're not exhausted. <laughs> We're going to have fun. It's time to, ex- well, wow, that's the first thing on the docket, huh? I was going to say we're going to have fun, we're going to talk about football, and then it's just like Raiders. <laughs> yeah, th- this this is not going to be a Devontae a Adams scored a touchdown. Five minutes. Devontae Adams didn't score a touchdown. He had 146 yards in the first half, and then the, dude, I, I can't even get started. They completely nullified him, and I saw a report by CBS Sports that Josh McDaniel's job is safe. And that being said, I said that Josh McDaniels should be fired. Now, you're going up against the Colts, who we will talk about in a bit. But I think that they said Josh McDaniels' job is safe. He's trying to find Mark Davis is trying to give Josh McDaniels time to find scheme fits. And if we lose this game to the Colts, who <laughs> the play calling is very. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Colts. We'll get to the Colts. Patrick Graham needs to be fired. He gave up 14 points in the half, which some people are like, it's 14 points. For those who don't know, what is Patrick, Patrick Graham? Defensive coordinator. Thank you. But the, the offense is just completely stagnant, and we lost yet another game. If the Raiders were mid, dude, we, we, we'd be like. Maybe six, seven wins at this point. I can't tell if you need a hug or a punching bag. It's so frustrating as a Raiders fan. So if there like are any Raiders fans, like I mean, most of them are in jail. But <laughs> uh, let, let's be realistic. Have you ever seen the videos of them just like after the game, like pummeling Cowboys fans? No. You've never. Oh. Well, I, I always get Raiders content. They're just like fighting co- Cowboys I fans avoid for like Raiders no reason. I avoid Raiders games. And very for very good reason, because of this very thing. <laughs> so the Raiders offense, again, looks shorthanded. Uh, I saw actually a clip at the very end when uh, Derek Carr was very quick to look Josh Jacobs' way on the check down. He had Matt Collins open. Uh, Matt Collins ran right by uh, the corner, 
and was wide open for a touchdown. Derek Carr just is not going through his progressions, so it's very easy for him to quickly check down. And it's shown because the Raiders' offense has been terrible. But we still, I think Raiders' offense is like top seven in the league, just putting up points. Um, It's genuinely frustrating. Can we play a game? I like games. I do games on the podcast. I enjoy this. What kind of game? You might not like it. I can't. I have no idea. Is this quarterback better than Derek Carr? So I'm going to give me a quarterback, and you have to say yes or no. Last year, maybe like every single one you'd give me is better than Derek Carr. But this year, Derek Carr's decision-making is horrendous. You ready to play? <sighs> sure. Fine. Let's start easy. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Just no. Just say yes or no. Are they better than Derek Carr? Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking Patty. Jalen Hurts. I'm taking Jalen. Lamar Jackson. I'm taking Lamar. All right. Let's get a little more complicated. Tua Tagovailoa. Derek Carr. Really? I, I, I think Tua's assets are far greater. Um, the offensive line has improved significantly, and he has Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, which is one of the best duos. Okay, but to be fair, Darren Waller has been out for like seven or eight games. Darren Waller has a hamstring injury, which is so easy to re-aggravate and be out for even longer. I mean, Keenan so Allen's out for the season now. Yeah, but the, same thing. The the Raiders are like taking their time with the hamstring injury, yeah. so they're not like forcing him back, which I understand. But like, I also as a Raiders fan, like, get back on the field, dude. Kirk Cousins. Primetime Kirk? No. Sunday at one o'clock. Kirk, Kirk on the plane, Kirk. Kirk on, Kirk on the plane. Kirk, I'm taking Kirk on the plane, Kirk. <laughs> that man, he, he's that man is a dad who is just awesome. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. That was, I plead the fifth. I don't think you can do that. I can, and we're, I shall. We're recording a podcast. I can, and I shall. All right. Um, Gino Smith. I'm taking Gino. All right. Are you kidding me? Last one. Zach Wilson. Derek Carr. Okay. Zach Wilson's a bum. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so ba- basically the Raiders suck. Josh McDaniels is the problem. They refuse to fire him. They're giving him at least a year. So it- it'll be interesting to see how they approach free agency and the draft. They are stockpiling draft picks right now. So hopefully they get a, a pro bowler or two. Um, even though it's Pro Bowl is kind of like flag football now. But next up on the docket, uh, Falcons choking on their own foot. Uh, that was fun. The The Falcons were, were looking like they had the upper hand in this game. Um, the series went touchdown for the Falcons, Chargers punt, field goal for the Falcons, Chargers punt, Falcons punt, touchdown for the Chargers, and then Falcons punt it, and then uh, Chargers end it with the touchdown. So they went into the half 14-10. Up against the Falcons. It was a pretty, like, a strangely even game. Total yards. I I completely agree. Total yards, 336 yards for Los Angeles, 315. So only a 21-yard difference. Two turnovers for both teams, 19 first downs for both teams. Time of possession is only a three-point difference. It was weirdly even, which I think says more about the inability to do anything if you're the Chargers than it does about Arthur Smith and his team because they've been known to religiously run the ball and they're very good at it, and the Chargers can't stop that. Which, I'm surprised the time of possession isn't higher in favor of the Falcons, but, I mean, Justin Herbert can only do so much. 
And I think that's the limited play calling. Play calling has been a significant issue in the league um, mm-hmm. entirely. But chart the Justin Herbert drama, Justin Herbert is being limited by what his coaches are calling, uh, obviously. Because his coaches suck. Yeah, the, the wide receiver core did take a hit with Keenan Allen being out. But I, I do think that his ceiling has uh, hit um, with the play calling, and I think a coaching change is due. I said on previous episodes that Brandon, uh, Brandon Staley does need to get the boot. But my biggest issue here is in the second half. Uh, Falcons starting to choke a little bit. <laughs> um, Falcons fumble the ball. Chargers uh, threw an interception. But then uh, Koo missed a 50-yard field goal. Uh, it If he made that, it, this would have been an entirely different ball game because Chargers ended it with a fumble and then uh, got a field goal. So let's uh, highlight the man of the hour, Dicker the kicker. Because Koo missed that field goal, what you were just saying. Yeah. And then Dicker the kicker, who has started twice in two NFL games, one for the Eagles earlier this season, I believe it was week five, and then one now for the Chargers, in both games has made a game-winning field goal. He has, I, I don't know what his job is going to be. If the Chargers keep him, good for them. If he keeps moving, it just becomes the game-winning kicker on, like, that they just pick up when their kicker goes down, good for him. But he was awesome today, and he hit the game-winning kicker, game-winning kick, kick, dicker to kicker, hit the game-winning kick. Yeah, the, again, the the Falcons were kind of shooting themselves with the foot. I, I I keep going back to the foot because the missed field goal was huge because they eventually got a fumble, uh, and it was recovered by Atlanta, but Atlanta then went on to fumble it, and on the on the same on the same play, and he was. Uh, recovered by Chargers Feeler at the Atlanta 43. So it could have ended the game right then and there. Uh, replay uh, official reviewed the runner was not down by contact and the play was upheld uh, after it was challenged and the ruling on the field stood. So the Falcons very well could have went to uh, actually won the game if they got the field goal. Yeah, Was going to go to overtime if they uh, got the fumble recovery. But they 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 choked. It's how do you do a game winning drive if you're the Falcons and your lead receiver has two receptions for twenty seven yards? It's it's a tough time in Atlanta. But can we move on to something happier? Uh, we we very well can because I am very happy with both of these teams that we're about to talk about. Yes. So the Miami Dolphins beat the Chicago Bears thirty five to thirty two. Uh, we got two little happy topics. Happy. So Tyreek Hill popped off for seven catches, 143 yards, and one touchdown. Tyreek Hill, now on the year, has 1,104 yards, 76 receptions, three touchdowns. That averages out to 14.5. Can you, can you, can you just say that again slower? No. Oh. <laughs> so there is currently an MVP race going on, and... Most of them are QBs. I've not heard a single non-QB in this uh, in this MVP race. Besides the usual Derrick Henry. I haven't even heard Derrick Henry in the MVP race. Oh, he better be in it. We'll talk. We we gotta talk more MVP later. But but right now, uh, as it sits in my line, Jalen Hurts one A, Josh Allen one B, Patrick Mahomes three, 
And then uh, beyond that, it's Gino as an honorable mention. And then uh, you, you don't really have anybody else behind that besides Tyree Kill and Michael Parsons. I have a lot more to add, but we got to dive deep into the MVP stuff later in the podcast, so I don't want to give up our entire argument right now. But can we talk about a record-setting rusher? We can. Justin Fields went off uh, yesterday against the Dolphins' defense. Yes, the the quarterback for the Chicago Bears had 178 rushing yards, a six, which one of which was 61 yards, and he set the record for most rushing yards by a quarterback since Michael Vick did it with the, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, he had more carries than David Montgomery. Insanity. So, uh... A lot of people have been hating on Justin Fields, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I hate on Justin Fields because he's, he's he is easy to hate on. He is so inaccurate. But people are like, "Oh, like like the touchdown pass with Mooney that he had Mooney in a fade, mm-hmm. and he threw it up where the defensive back couldn't get it, and Mooney like obviously turned around, back shoulder, grabbed it. It was a nice throw. It was mm-hmm. a great throw. But the inconsistency still stands." I still believe that Justin Fields is a mid-quarterback. Great for fantasy. Some people are like, oh, my gosh, like grab him for fantasy. If he's on the waiver wire, maybe grab him. I have Jalen Hurts and Geno Smith, so I'm not grabbing Justin Fields. Heck, you could probably use him in a trade chip if your league mates aren't inactive by now. But my league mates are inactive. But I'm in a money league, so I don't care. More, more money for me. Yes. But Justin Fields, again, had a great day. Uh, the Dolphins just couldn't do anything to stop them. I believe it was, I think it was Danny Kelly talking about Justin Fields for the ringer. He said Justin Fields is going to have a Jalen Hurts-like progression, which... It's going to be very, very slow because he's in Chicago. This is true, but they also, it's... I didn't imagine him getting this good this quickly because I knew he had flashes. I watched him at Ohio State. He was, I think he was my favorite quarterback in that class. But it's very interesting to see what he does and what he's going to improve at because right now his rushing, it, I think it's where it's at, the best it's ever going to be. He's young. He's durable. He hasn't been scared off by injuries as of yet. So it's going to be very interesting to watch how he adjusts and how his accuracy changes as he progresses. And it's going to be a very Jalen Hurts-esque progression where he started off slow. I, I, but you can see I really flash. don't know about that, though, because, yes, you don't have any, like, no – Notable wide receivers besides Chase Claypool. The offensive line is terrible. Right. So he's obviously going to get sacked more than Jalen Hurts. Uh, he scrambles out more than Jalen Hurts, so I think that attributes that, uh, uh, to it. And the wide receiver core is still terrible. I mean, you got Cole Komet, who got two touchdowns yesterday, but Cole Komet's not Dallas Goddard. Well, let's look at the receiving court. In the last game against the Dolphins, Darnell Mooney, seven receptions, 43 yards. Cole Komet, five receptions, 41 yards, two touchdowns. Darnell Mooney had that one touchdown you were mentioning. Chase Claypool, who they just got in a trade, who's going to get more involved as the season goes on because— Dude, he was literally dropping passes in warm-ups. Chase Claypool was so overrated. Do you have something you want to say about Chase Claypool? He's terrible. He doesn't listen to this podcast. You can say what you want. I mean, that's all I got to add unless he wants to meet face-to-face. Wow. I'll interview him. I'll, I'll be like, Chase Claypool, tell me why you're dropping passes in pregame warm-ups. I, I don't know if that's the best thing you should ask. A tall and kind of like... I'm tall as him. 
Can you catch passes? I can. Well, that's impressive. Not with my chest. Not with your chest. You use your hands. Yes, yes. as most wide receivers should. Well, not all of them because the Bears have bad ones. Anyways, David Montgomery, one reception. Dante Pettis, one reception. Nikhil Harry, one reception. It was bad. It was very, 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 very bad. And it's going to be very interesting to see how they adjust later in the season and how they change things. And if they target somebody in free agency and if they target anybody in the draft, and it's going to be—the Bears are in it for the long haul with Fields, and I think he has proved that he's their quarterback of the future. And I think he's the right pick for them. But it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with that. Now let's talk about somebody that doesn't have their quarterback of the future. The Carolina Panthers lost to another big cat team, the Cincinnati Bengals, who just— I mean, Brandon Allen is sitting here on the stat sheet. There are two quarterbacks in for each team, one of which Baker Mayfield got put in because P.J. Walker sucked. Brandon Allen got put in because Joe Wal- Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon destroyed the Panthers. They were unstoppable, Revi- Revived their corpse, did it again. It just—there was no holding back against that team. They—I I, don't—it's just—Joe Mixon— 22 carries, 153 yards, four touchdowns rushing, an average of seven yards per rush, one touchdown receiving, four receptions, 58 yards, the most PPR fantasy points, almost in all time, the most standard in the last 22 years. What the heck happened? Are the Panther, uh, I, is I the really Panthers think... defense just that bad? No, no, not at all. I, I think uh, you're you're taking it out of context a little bit. The Panthers' defense is astronomically good, like probably top ten. Right. The problem is Joe Mixon kept bouncing out instead of going through the tackles. Most of the plays that were designed uh, runs were between the tackles. Joe Mixon on, I think, three out of the four rushing touchdowns he had – uh, he bounced outside, and I, there was no contain whatsoever. So I think the linebacker core um, needs to be part of the blame for that because if your edge rushers go inside and your D tackles aren't able to get outside if, if it's like a stunt, your linebackers have to be there and be the contain unless your corners are the contain on like blitzes and stuff, but their corners weren't contained. It was the linebackers. So part of the uh, blame needs to go to linebackers, but now the Panthers sit at two and seven because they're beat that badly. Pan- uh, the Bengals are sitting at five and four right now, three and one at home. But Joe Mixon, it it, it was an astronaut. I keep saying astronomically. <laughs> he it's had, a fun he, word. He had a field day. Yeah, he was, and, and he was running out the stat sheet. Uh, eventually, got pulled from the game just for safety concerns. Um, Brandon Allen was thrown in there. Well, part of it is because P.J. Walker had a terrible day, like you mentioned. P.J. Walker was 3 for 10, only had 9 yards. So His some passer pe- rating was 0. QBR was 2.6. Yeah. Brandon Allen had a higher QBR. But it's crazy because P.J. Walker had such a great day mm-hmm. against uh, – who did they play last week? I don't know, but he played really well. I remember that. But it's The Falcons. Pa- yeah, yeah, he was awesome. And and then he comes back, and then he's throwing three for ten. And it just boggles my mind because the Bengals' defense is not that good. No. We, we uh, in our mock draft, we were talking about the Bengals, like, looking at, like, some defensive positions, like safety and corner because of those uh, issues. 
and free agency. But yeah, the the Panthers, it's it's time to be a little bit scared. Uh, obviously, they're in a rebuild format, trading away some of their players. Uh, DJ Moore is kind of be kind of being used as a trade chip. Uh, they were offered a first rounder for DJ Moore. Obviously, no one uh, pounced on that though. Get it bounced? Yeah, Panthers and Bengals, their cat teams. We were talking about um, Antonio Johnson, the safety out of Texas A&M, for the Bengals because Jesse Bates and Von Bell are both set to hit the open market, and they could use the help. Jesse Bates was awesome yesterday. Yeah, I I really hope uh, the Bengals keep winning, but the Bengals uh, are fun for for them to get a really really good corner. Uh, they should be in like the bottom fifteen. So, I I think I picked Antonio Johnson going to them. Uh, obviously, he's the do-it-all guy. His vers- he's highly praised for his versatility. But let's keep it rolling. Uh, next, we got the Packers. The, Pack- <laughs> the Packers have lost their last five. Uh, they lost to the Giants, uh, 27-22. Lost to the Jets, 27-10. Lost to the Commanders, 23-21. Lost to the Bills, 27-17. And then last night... Lost to the Lions, fifteen and nine. It looks terrible. How is Matt Lafleur not fired? Is my question. Because we were talking about the Lions. Do you remember when we were talking about hot seat and I talked about Matt Lafleur? Yeah. They are not going to fire Matt Lafleur because he's so young. But uh, his offensive mind is uh, highly regarded around the league. A lot of people want Matt Lafleur, but he's not going to be fired because they're going to want to put uh, a new quarterback into that system. And he's the only one who's going to be able to be like, all right, I want this guy for the future. Hmm. Nobody else uh, in Green Bay is going to be able to uh, recruit a QB that is highly regarded unless they trade up. Hmm. That's a possibility. But they they were willing to give a lot of uh, draft picks for, I saw trade reports for Brandon Cooks, Chase Claypool, and Darren Waller. They tried to get Darren Waller again. They tried to get I Darren Waller all, last season. I think that's all BS. And no. So uh, on Twitter, I saw that the Packers tried to trade for Darren Waller, but the Raiders valued him too highly to trade him away. Uh, the I think projection that's the for Darren Waller. Their butts after Aaron Rodgers got mad. Nah, even the Raiders said we got calls for Darren Waller, and the, uh, projected. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Darren Waller is a projected first rounder plus more. So if the Packers really did want Darren Waller, they were going to have to give up a hefty sum. Mm. And in Aaron Rodgers' final seasons, I really don't think they're trying to trade away a bunch of their draft capital just to uh, win it when they're now sitting at three and six. I have two questions for you. Is Aaron Rodgers on the team next year? I think that's debatable. Obviously, we don't really know anything, so I can't answer that. But it, it's looking like Aaron Rodgers is extremely frustrated with the situation. So he, he probably will not be on the team next year, but I cannot speak on the matter. And should he demand a trade to the New York Jets? Absolutely not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not going to demand a trade whatsoever. Aaron Rodgers is stuck in Green Bay until the end of his career. I don't think he's on the team. I think he's going to get traded. I think the backers are going to be like, oh, no. We suck. Time for a reboot. The Jets are not going to trade away Zach Wilson. Why? He, he sucks. Second overall pick. And if they sent, if they trade him away, and get Aaron Rodgers back. No. 
You're you're going to have to give up a a hefty sum. Right. They already gave up a hefty sum by tanking for Zach Wilson. Their team is really, really good. And they can continue to be really, really good behind Zach Wilson if they give him time and assets. Elijah Moore wasn't targeted a single time yesterday. Because he requested the trade and refused it. And then he, that people were like, why didn't you get targets? And he goes, I don't control that. Because he doesn't, he doesn't. Want, he doesn't want to be on the team. Nobody wants I him. I wouldn't either. The, yeah. He doesn't want to be on the team. Nobody wants him. Zach Wilson is not the problem. Dude, I want Elijah Moore if I'm on the Raiders. Or the Eagles. Elijah Moore is insanely good. He is. But so is that defense. Sauce Gardner is one of the best corners in the league already. Quinn and Williams and the defensive line are one of the best units in the de- in the league. Well, well, we'll talk about Sauce in a bit. Yeah, yeah, we will. But I'm just saying, back to Aaron Rodgers, he should request a trade. He got. He has to get out of Green Bay. Yeah, it's no, not looking have, pretty. They haven't given him any help. They haven't given him any O-line. His, the defense is completely slouched off from what it used to be. It's time for them. It's It's time for a mutual breakup. The Packers' next three games uh, versus Cowboys, versus the Titans, and at the Eagles. That does not seem fun. So they will they will probably be sitting at three and nine mm-hmm. uh, come December. And their best receiver is still Alan Lazard. Yeah, that, that that's not my cup of tea. Uh, let's keep the train rolling. We got Sauce Gardner uh, in New York. Uh, after that, we'll talk about the Frank Reich situation. Do you know? Do you know the the meme? Where where's uh where's the cheese? It's under the sauce. Have you seen that on TikTok? No. All right. Well, it's the thing. It's a Chicago style pizza, and you put the sauce over the cheese on some kind of pizzas. And um, I was gonna make a joke, and it'd say uh, where are the bills? It, it's under the sauce. But you didn't see it. And if anybody has seen the TikTok, please laugh because it makes me feel better. But Ryan mm. didn't make Ryan didn't laugh. But yeah, the um. The Jets' defense is, it might be one of the best units in the league, and the Bills just came up on it, and Josh Allen played like um, crap, according to him. Is That's not what he said. But Josh Allen what did play like crap. Yeah, and he was right. But this Jets' defense, I think they deserve a ton of credit for how well they've been playing. Yeah, it, it was pretty fun to watch. Uh, against the Bills, though, Sauce Gardner had seven uh, tackles, and then um, he had one interception, and that was uh, when he was covering Diggs. But it, dude, Sauce, he's freaking. I, awesome. I think I saw some stat. He was tied for uh, first for the amount of yards he's given up, and then he leads with touchdowns. Wait, how many? Because he didn't allow a single touchdown in college. Was no. that the first touchdown he gave up? That might have been, yeah. That would be crazy if that's true. I don't know. But we'll have to do some stat crunching on that. But Sauce Gardner is immortal. <laughs> um, he, he's played some pretty tough wide receivers this year, um, obviously against Tyreek Hill, against the Dolphins in that game. So he, he's had his fair matchup, and uh, he he's responded. I mean, you might as well if you're the – Fourth overall pick in the draft. All right, so we're looking at, right now, I'm looking at Sauce's efficiency numbers, and his coverage rating is plus 21.2, which I honestly don't know entirely what that means. His catch rate allowed, I know what this one means. He allows a target on less than half of his passes allowed, which is crazy high. And he, it, no, he's number 14 in the league behind in corners. 
He's number 15 in passer rating allowed. Opposing opposing quarterbacks when they throw his way, 69.1 passer rating. Jeez. No, he's number 15 in per target fantasy points per allowed. So, in you, you know in PPR how you get a point per reception and you get a point for a yard. Well, per target, he allows 1.08 points per target, which is number 15 in the NFL, which means he's – his, oh, by the way, he's also number one in pass breakups this year. I didn't know that. So he's just – he's number 13 in routes defended, 17 in target separation, which is only 1.4 yards. He's insane. Insane. He's incredible – might be a pro bowler as a a rookie cornerback. Probably. It's incredible. I, I would not put it past him. But we got to keep the train moving. Uh, you want you can probably take the, the lead on this one. Frank Reich, obviously you're a little bit uh, flustered by this. It's absolutely. All right, so here's the, here's the story from the top. The Colts sucked. They fired their offensive coordinator last Sunday. Wait, which I called, what, four weeks ago? Something like that. And this is when they were starting Sam Ellinger. Matt Ryan had been benched. And then they come into this week, starting Sam Ellinger again. They're going up against... Who did they, Who did the Colts play? They played... Um, oh, this is going to kill me. They played the Patriots, and they lost 26-3. to Sam Ellinger had 15 for 29, 103 yards, and one interception. And the most carries on the team. Their lead receiver only had one reception for 23 yards, and that was Alec Pierce. They got beat by Mac Jones handily, a 23-point victory for the Patriots. And then they fire Frank Reich, which you mentioned Frank Reich was on the hot seat. And everybody could see, hey, he's probably going to get fired. And I don't think any of this is his fault. I think the team— Dude, what? I completely disagree. Let me Let me finish. That was rude to interrupt me. Can you apologize? Finish your sentence, and then and then I'll critique. That wasn't an apology. <laughs> um. Anyways, um, Frank Reich got fired. I don't know if it was entirely his fault. Let me rephrase that. And then, who who else would be to blame? Oh, the GM easily. Who? How is Frank Reich supposed? The pieces are there. Who? You got Jonathan Taylor, Quentin Nelson. Out, one, one of out with the, injury. So what? The pieces are there. You can't say so. Never. We'll get to this. The and, Colts' offensive line was like regarded to be like the second best right, coming and into this year. Sucked this year. Yes, Horrendous. but the pieces are there, and most of them are. That's hurt. not the GM's fault. That's coaching. How? If how is it Reich's fault? If they were the second best last year, uh huh. Coming into this year, right. it's coaching. If they're not implementing them how they should be used, if whether it's run blocking, pass blocking, they, they need to be uh, better on how they uh, utilize their skill sets. How is it Reich's fault that his best players are out with injury? I'm not saying it's an injury problem. I'm okay, saying but- it's Frank Reich's problem for not utilizing his players correctly. I'm pulling up the injury report for the Colts. Matt Ryan, out. Um... Tyquan Davis, D-tackle, out. A ton, a ton of their stuff. Carter O'Donnell is out on injured reserve. He was Still got Shaq runner. Leonard. Still got DeForest Buckner. The defense is bad. That's that's a given. It's always been bad. Those two are the only good things on their defense. And their offensive line... All right, let's look, let's look the, at this. Their, their offense is worse than their defense. They're, they have good players on their offensive line. They just have... It's just the entire... That's what I'm saying. 
Uh, It's Frank Reich's problem. And I said it's not entirely his problem, is what I'm saying. It it is 95% Frank Reich. I'd give him 70 at max. It is 95% Frank Reich because uh, maybe you have a mid QB. Under center and Matt Bad. Ryan. Well, and then you bench him just because he keeps turning over the ball, which I get. Turnovers can be costly, and it eventually will add up and cost you a game. And he had enough, so he benched Matt Ryan. I think Jeff Saturday comes in and— Oh, well, we we got we to gotta summarize how everything keeps going because I, I never finished the whole where the Colts are at now. Well, I, I do think Jeff Saturday comes in and Matt Ryan comes back under center uh, under Jeff Saturday, and Sam Ellinger gets benched. Well— Ryan's out with an injury right now. That's the only reason he didn't play. He's still on, listed on the injury report as out. They're not listing him anything. But, so, Reich gets fired, which was this morning? Or was that yesterday? It's this morning. This morning? This morning, Frank Reich gets fired. And the head co- the Colts announce that team consultant, Jeff Saturday, who has been on, he is currently a high school football coach. And a TV personality is going to take over as their head coach. They fired their offensive coordinator this week. They have no play callers at all on the team besides Saturday, who just went three and seven in his last season of high school football. Yeah. Yeah. So whether or not this was Reich's fault, the team is bad. The coaching situation is bad. In fantasy, if you have any Colts, drop them. Besides Taylor, because you have to start him because everybody's like, oh, he's going to be safe. Except Jonathan Taylor is one of the lowest like running backs by points per game this entire season. It, it Again, I, I still think that Reich is the issue. And that, uh, I mean, uh, they, they have a matchup against the, uh, the Raiders this week. So if the Raiders actually manage to lose this, um, Mark Davis is kind of mad at Josh McDaniels for not uh, getting a return in his investments. Uh, Chandler Jones only has half a sack on the year so far. Uh, his presence is being known. Uh, he's making his presence known in the game rather than on the stat sheet. But the issue still stands. And I think the Colts actually beat the Raiders this week. That is my hot take. I, I think the Raiders are that atrocious. But I think Jeff Saturday comes in and uh, gets the win versus the Raiders because I, I – and so furious with how Mark Davis has been handling this team. I think that uh, the the biggest issue is front office. I, I like Ziegler. I, I think he's a fantastic GM. But I do think Josh McDaniels is not fit to be a head coach. Uh, some coaches are meant to be assistant coaches for the rest of their lives. And Josh McDaniels is one of those coaches. So... When the Colts come out and they lose to Vegas and they lose to the Eagles and they lose to Pittsburgh. They're, they're winning against Vegas. I'm I'm rooting against my team right now. So if Vegas beats the Colts and Vegas looks like crap and the Colts look like crap, will you admit that maybe Reich wasn't the problem or as much as the problem as you're making him out to be? No, if Colts win, I'm saying Reich is the problem. So. No, no, I'm saying if they lose. If they lose? Yeah, if they lose and they look like crap and the Vegas and Vegas. Then they'll just put it on the blame on having a – off week because their head coach was fired. Okay. Well, what if they lose out? They're going up against Philly. That's a loss. Pittsburgh. That's probably gonna... a win. I don't. This team is. TJ Watt's still out. This team is just bad, straight up. But I, I mean, it's not the Reich... the rookies got to show up ultimately. I think Reich gets another job with another team, and he is much better. 
he was I, OC. I think he gets an assistant coaching job. But I, I do not think uh, he, he hasn't will. had a consistent quarterback since Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Mm. All right, we got to move on. Basically, Frank Reich might not might be the problem. He might not be, but they're co- dude coaching in the NFL has been rough this year. The one place it's not might be. Wait, which team are we going with next? Vikings. Vikings. Oh, I was about to do a different transition. Let's go Vikings. <laughs> I, was I was lost. I was so confused by that. Yeah. What you were trying to do? No, you you have every right to be lost. Um, yeah. My my only notes are the Vikings keep her going. So the Vikings are now sitting at seven and one. Uh, their only loss on the entire year so far was against the Eagles in primetime. So if the Vikings don't take that loss in primetime, which obviously primetime's Kirk Cousins is very different than uh, <laughs> regular Kirk, Kirk Cousins. And the Eagles are also the, undefeated. The Vikings would be sitting at 8-1 and one also. Yeah. Or 8-0. and zero. So the Vikings uh, had a comeback to beat the Commanders for their sixth consecutive win. Kirk Cousins got the ball after leading Minnesota Vikings to a comeback victory against the team he started his NFL career with, and first thought the came uh, the first thought that came to his mind uh, was um, Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook only had 17 carries and 47 yards on the ground. It was rough, but that is no notion to disregard uh, how good the Commanders' defense is. Mm-hmm. The Commanders have a very solid defense. Uh, that has not been shown by their four and five start. Uh, their offense just ha- has missed uh, many, 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 many cues. Uh, they actually had the lead though. Uh, at one point, uh, it was seventeen to seven. There was a eighty-four percent chance for them to win. Uh, actually, eighty-seven at one point. Uh, but the Vikings uh, came back down, and uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, got a 12-yard pass from Kirk Cousins that tied it up, and then Greg Joseph uh, ended it um, and sent them home flying on the plane. <laughs> so you were talking about Commander's defense, and I just want to highlight them a bit more. Their pass defense is just, they're really good, or they're pretty okay on the pass defense, right? There's 20th in points allowed, that, that total defense, 22nd in the NFL with yards allowed in the air, 19th in the NFL in passing yards allowed. Very bad in pass touchdowns allowed, which is strange. 28th in the NFL. They've allowed 16 on the season. Then they get to rush yards. They are 17th in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. Second in the entire NFL, only allowing four rushing touchdowns on the season. And they are fourth in the NFL in opponent time of possession. Their deep rushing defense is one is one of the best in the NFL. And it's really, really impressive, which is why Dalvin Cook didn't have such a big game, but it's also why Justin Jefferson had such a good game, because their pass defense is horrendish. Yeah, the Justin Jefferson actually got going. He had 115 yards on seven catches, 13 targets, and one touchdown. This was his first touchdown since the first uh, week of NFL against Green Bay. Uh, in that game, he had two. So it, it was kind of cool to see how they used TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kirk Cousins, yeah, he, he had a great game. Um, I mean, he was roughly 50%, but he, he had a fairly good game uh, with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawk. Uh, Adam Thielen had a few catches. Um, obviously, Dallin Cook got involved in the run game. But besides that, it, it was pretty chippy, but Vikings uh, still able to get it done. And they, they have a uh, schedule that looks a little uneasy. 
Uh, they got the Bills next, then the Cowboys, Patriots, and the Jets. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond. It'll be a great test for them. And then uh, in a few weeks, uh, we'll be able to come back and see if they really are true contenders. Yeah. All right, got to roll through the last three here before we preview tonight's matchup, which most of you will listen to it tomorrow. So we'll give you what we predict, and then we'll see how right we were. All right, we'll fly through these. So we got the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Uh, really, the only notes I have for this is, is Geno Smith really an MVP candidate? So my answer is yes, but that's the only notes you have? Not the man himself, Kenneth Walker III? Dude, I, I don't really have <laughs> much to say about Kenneth Walker. He's so I, I, I've been I've been quite uh, adamant about how good he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said start him almost every single week, uh, besides a few. Besides a few. But Kenneth Walker, again, this was the second time they played the Cardinals, and he had, uh, I think, 19? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me fact check real quick. Uh, Kenneth Walker... Well, while you do that, let's 18 talk. points week six, and then he had 28 this week. Yeah, he's just he's awesome. He's, he's a stud. He's really good. We I want to highlight that Seahawks draft class again. They're freaking awesome. Um, but can we talk about how bad the team they just played? We were talking about you know we the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. But we were talking about the Lions and how they're like a turbo boost team, right? You go over the boost, and you're, everybody on the team gets a boost. Well. For one, the Packers didn't. Two, I don't think it's just the Lions anymore. I think it's the Cardinals. Look at the... Uh, also, another team where I said fire the head coach. I'm showing Ryan right now a website called yeah, because they uh, lineups.com. They'll get behind first quarter, mm-hmm. and then they, they can never recover. So, lineups.com, It's I've been using it a ton recently. It's really cool. It shows you where teams rank across the NFL in certain categories. I am going to... Uh, uh, let me just read these off. In points allowed, 241 points, 32nd in the NFL, dead last. Yards allowed, 29th in the NFL, which is three from dead last. 2,281 passing yards allowed, 31st. Passing touchdowns, 28th, 16 allowed. Rushing touchdowns and rushing yards, they're 19th and 24th, which isn't that bad. Red zone touchdowns, 25 allowed, dead last. Overall touchdowns, twenty eighth over twenty eight touchdowns allowed, thirty first overall. Yeah, and you you had the Cardinals taking Cam Smith in our mock draft, so it'll be interesting to see how they actually address some of these issues uh, come free agency and in, in the draft because the, their defense is struggling a lot, and that's the reason they're lo- losing games. Um, I mean, again, Cliff Kingsbury is part of the blame, but I, I think that there's there's something brewing in Car- uh, in Arizona. Uh, after losing um, again, uh, let, let's look at their next few games. So yeah. they have the Rams, the 49ers, Chargers, and then Patriots. I think those are all. W- I, I think winnable? they go. I think they go two and two in there. I think so too. So right they, now they're sitting at three and six. So if they go two and two, that's putting them at five and eight. Mm-hmm. So they're riding on the line, but they'll probably miss playoffs. Speaking of teams that'll miss the playoffs, let's talk about uh, the Super Bowl champion. Los Angeles Rams, who are, their F them picks approach is finally coming around to bite them. Yeah, so the biggest uh, thing I wanted to highlight from this game was that final drive, Tom Brady being the old Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, it was six plays, 60 yards, and they managed to do it in 35 seconds. Tom Brady had a deep pass to Otten for 28 yards. Then they went no huddle. Uh, Brady spiked the ball, stopped the clock. 
then Tom Brady had a short pass to Leonard Fournette for four yards, and then it was another short pass to Scotty Miller for 14 yards, and Tom Brady, uh, being Tom Brady, uh, another short pass to Scotty Miller ran out of bounds at LA seven for seven yards, and then Tom Brady passed incomplete short right to Mike Evans, uh, but there was a penalty for defensive pass interference, so. Kate Otten got a pass from Tom Brady for one yard, and the extra point was good, and he managed to do all of that in 35 seconds. And the receivers he threw to, Kate Otten, Leonard Fournette, Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller, Mike Evans, which was incomplete, that was the P.I., and then uh, Kate Otten, again. That was, like, it, it was a flash in the past for everybody who, it, it was genuinely incredible to watch. I loved watching it. I don't like, I wish Tom Brady had retired, but that was really cool to see. Yeah, and then uh, to keep the train moving, uh, as we're running low on time, we got Tennessee Titans versus the Chiefs. Uh, this was the primetime game last night. Obviously, <laughs> Chiefs took the, the dub, 20-17. to 17. In overtime. You, you said Malik looked good. Uh, I, I was iffy, but also part of the blame uh, can be the wide receivers. Uh, the Titans' wide receiver depth has been utterly atrocious. It looked fairly decent in the very beginning of the year because they had Traylon Burks and Robert Woods. Uh, Traylon Burks is on IR. Uh, Racy McMath is on IR. Kyle Phillips is also on IR. Mm-hmm. So it's looking a little uh, a little scarce. So Malik was 5 for 16 with 80 yards, one of which was a 50-yard play to start the game. So basically he had one completion for 50 yards and the other four for 30. He was sacked three times. QBR of 10.6, a QB rating of 49, or a passer rating of 49. But I'm proud to say I watched every snap of that because I support Malik because he went he went here to Liberty. But the amount... Not a single pass to a wide receiver. Not a single completion to a wide receiver. Single completion, yep. Yeah. So it was very, very interesting to watch. Did you see AJ Brown's tweet when he was like, uh, yeah. you guys don't even have a single catch. Dude, if Titans had AJ Brown, they would... Probably be sitting at like the uh, probably seven and one. For the record, this team is five and three. Mike Vrabel is an amazing coach. And yeah, the, the, their defense is mm-hmm. insane. The fact that the, like Patrick Mahomes looked like a little schoolboy running around, <laughs> dude. It, it, their defense put them back in this game. Yeah, but I was watching and I for if I was gonna grade Malik, I'd give him a D. Really that low? Did you watch in the end the season? Oh, in the and the game, just the just the game. I was C minus. I was thinking uh, C plus, because it wasn't. That's, that's a little generous, possibly. But possibly. I'm also the amount of times he threw catchable balls that bounced off hands, or the guy wasn't watching, or the guy wasn't turned around, or it bounced off the guy's forearm. This one time, it was uh, it was downfield downfield to number fifteen. That was Nick Westbrook Akine. It bounced right off his forearm, right where, right below his elbow. And the receiver just missed it. It was a perfectly placed pass. And he had a ton of those last night. Where I don't think it's his fault that the team lost. It definitely isn't. Because how do you win a game-winning drive when you can only run the ball? And he tried to get it out. And he tried to get it to receivers. But the receivers either weren't open. Or the offensive line collapsed. Or he tried to throw it to them. And they just couldn't catch it. So... We're going to pre- – let's preview Ravens Saints real quick, and then we'll get out of the NFL section. Um, let's just give our game predictions and then move on because everybody's going to watch the game, and they'll have already seen it by the time this comes out. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned for the Ravens. Uh, their their injuries are starting to add up. Marcus Peters is questionable. It feels like it does every Mark year. Andrews is out, and Rashad Bateman's now on injured reserve. Um, obviously, Michael Thomas is out for the year. Jarvis Landry's listed as questionable. Mark Ingram's out. Marshawn Lattimore is also out for a second game. The Saints were able to beat the Raiders last week, mm-hmm. and they're, they're starting to uh, get a groove going, I guess. Uh, they, they've put up some numbers in previous games, uh, 32 against the Seahawks, or sorry, 39 against the Seahawks. Uh, against the Bengals, they had 26. Uh, against the Cardinals, they had 34. Uh, and then they had 24 against the Raiders. So the offense is not the issue. It's the no. defense. Yeah. Um, now the Ravens, uh, MVP candidate Lamar Jackson, as MVP candidate Lamar Jackson does, is probably going to have another field day. Uh, I, I expect him to uh, control the running game, just as Justin Fields did for the Bears. But I I want to lean towards the Saints. Because the Saints have been putting up numbers. The the Ravens' defense is not pretty, just as the Saints' defense is not pretty. But it, it's a home game for the Saints. So, uh, much to many people's dismay, I, I think the Saints can push one out if they're, if they're lucky. Uh, I'll take the Saints in a close one, a uh, very, very close one. I'll take the, uh, take the Saints 26, Ravens 25. No. I just think the Ravens are going to win. I think Lamar is going to have a field day. He's going to tear through the Saints team. They're projected to win right now. It is in the Superdome. And I remember I just have distinct memories of just Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase rolling all over teams. Deshaun Jackson might be back tonight for the Ravens. I think this will be 32-27, Lamar. I mean, sorry, Ravens. Very, very close numbers. All right. We are going to take a break, and you will – We'll get a quick word from our sponsors at Anchor, and when we'll be back, we will. It'll be time for the Philly Sports Shakedown. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer, which I'm doing right now. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. I'm broke. I use Anchor all the time. I'm using it right now. It's amazing. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back. All right. It's time for these Philly Sports Shakedown. Woo! We need a gong, dude. We need a gong sound effect. There you go. All right. We'll, we'll get that. We'll, that. That's all you get. We'll look into that. Our producer will look into that for us. Um, speaking of, does any, if anybody wants to produce. I love how you just like say our producer is going to look into that for us and then you advertise that we need a producer. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's the same way that I say, um, like, somebody, like, hey, are you free that night? I said, hey, can you ask my manager? And then I either check my schedule, I either check my schedule or I ask my girlfriend if I'm free. Anyways, um, you okay? Yeah, there's a bug on me. Oh, gross. 
Um, let's get to it. So, the Eagles played the Texans on Thursday. We never really talked about it because we talked about it before the game and then... It was a Thursday night game. It was a Thursday night game, exactly. Um, is there any, Do you have anything to add besides the fact that the Eagles are still the best? Jalen Hurts is... Oh, you got something to say about Jalen Hurts. Yeah, so I, I do think the MVP com, uh, conversation is uh, closer than it has been uh, in a few years. Um, by, by this time, uh, you, you kind of know who, who's top three, yeah. uh, probably top one. But right now, I, I do think Jalen Hurts is leading MVP conversations. Uh, I think it's a 1A, 1B with Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. Josh Allen had a terrible game. Uh, obviously, the betting odds have not been updated because uh, the Monday night game has not been played. Yeah. So we will see new uh, betting odds coming out on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night probably. But Jalen Hurts... Uh, I do believe is leading the MVP conversation. He's putting up consistent uh, numbers. Some people are like, oh, well, the supporting cast is better for Jalen Hurts. And, yes, it is it is better because Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman are just that good. But uh, credit to Jalen Hurts. He had a great game, uh, 21 for 27, 243 yards and two touchdowns. So I do think because of Josh Allen's game, it does bump him down to that 1B spot. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes is is pretty far behind now at this point. I don't have much to add. Um, do, you, do you agree? No, not really. I think it's still. I think. Uh, I think it's a one A one B one C. With all three of them. With all three of them, yeah. And then Lamar. Who, who is where? Dude, this bug is annoying me. Just kill it. What? Why is this so difficult? You it's do just, it. No, you do it. Mm. It's scary. Um. Let's see. Oh, I want the spot now. I think if the question is how much do you factor out a team supporting cast? I do not care about a team supporting cast. It, it, if the MVP candidate is the best player in football, if Jalen Hurts is putting up numbers like the best player in football, Jalen Hurts is the best player in football. But is he the most valuable? He's the most valuable player in football. Okay. But could this could what he's doing? Talk about value. He is still on his rookie contract. You can't factor contracts into the MVP. Yes, you can. He is valuable. No, you cannot. Absolutely. No, I wholeheartedly disagree with the whole contract and MVP conversation thing. Try not to break this. Well, this show would be no fun if we agreed about everything. This is true. Rar. I'm angry now. All right. Um, what, what were we talking about? Your rankings. Oh, right. Jalen Hurts is three because I value team builds, and I think Patrick Mahomes has no help. Josh Allen's help constantly is dying. I just – each team has a superstar receiver, right? Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey, and A.J. Brown. So you can just pull them out entirely. If you look at the number two receivers, Jalen Hurts has the best number two. Devonta Smith is better than Gabe Davis, and he's better than Juju Smith-Schuster. So you can say Jalen Hurts is – stop that. Stop it. Let me finish. Let me finish. I plead the fifth. Okay. Thanks, straight. Um, I just – right now I think it's Josh Allen, but even though he had the bad game, he had the bad game, and then I think it's Patrick Mahomes, and then I think it's Jalen Hurts. And then Derrick Henry. Fair. We, hang, we, we hung around on this too long. Uh, let's move off – that's debatable. What? 
What's what's debatable? What's debatable? Say it. Say it. One A, one B, one C, and then Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's debatable. Yeah, obviously we're debating it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Um, the Eagles stumped the Texans. There's not not much to talk about. AJ Brown had he, he had he was awesome. He he was great. The Eagles are great. Uh, Damian Pierce was still good. Do we want to be worried about this Eagles run defense? I don't think so yet. Uh, yet. I mean. Jordan Davis will be back in like two, three weeks, so yeah. I, I think it's all right. Okay, cool. Then we'll just move on. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, <sighs> it was fun while it lasted. It was fun while it lasted. It was a great year. Dancing on my own is going to be a, a, a staple in my playlist, same as Dreams and Nightmares is. Hold on, wait a minute. I thought I was finished. All right, uh, that's copyrighted. We might get sued. Da, bah, mug. <laughs> is that copyrighted? Probably. I don't know. Everything's copyrighted these days. Um, So it, it, it it's, it's over. The Phillies lost in six to the Astros, but they made it to the Super, to, to the Super Bowl. Um, yes, that, that is the that correct is, sport. That is the correct sport. And uh, even though they lost in the finals, and they couldn't hoist, hoist the line. What are we in the finals for now? The final. <laughs> Dude, you're all over the place. Dude, it's, it's, it's been a long day. Uh, that was intentional, though. If if it makes you feel any better, mm, yes. All right, let's move on to free agency because we have a team. Obviously, they can be awesome. We have Bryce Harper. We have Bryson Stott. We have a people. We have young guys. We have core stars to build. No, around. we do not have young guys. Our farm system is terrible. I mean, yeah. Besides Brandon Marsh and Bryson Stott, we have no young guys. Is Alec Bohm still young? No. Okay, I disagree. I think Bohm still counts as young. Right? Mm, maybe. All right. All right. You seem so tired. Alec Bohm's mid, though. <laughs> He's been, his bat was one of the best on our team in the regular season and in the postseason. He was for, he was really good. Mm, he had a home run in the playoffs. Not many guys can claim that. Let's talk about his defense, though. We don't want to. That's why. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, why we, yeah, there's always two sides. That's why we need to That's why we need to move him to first. So you, you wanted to talk about free agency for I a do. little bit. Hey, you want to talk, to talk about it as well. I do. Don't act like I'm the only one that wants these things. Uh, there is only one thing I want. That's Trey Turner. That is Trey Turner. The man is the man, the myth, the legend, the man of and, and a starting pitcher, of course. But uh, we can't we can't always have what <laughs> we, we want in life. We can't have everything. So uh, in free agency, people that are projected to leave, Gene Segura, because the team is not going to pick up a 17 million dollar option for a pretty mid second baseman. Yeah, he is a one million dollar buyout. Yeah. Zach Eflin, Thor, Kyle Gibson, David Robertson, Brad Hand, Corey Knebel. And Johan Camargo, so Segura and Camargo are the only two on that roster on that list that are not starting, or that are not pitchers, right? So that means pretty much our entire fielder depth is going to stay the same, just about. So projected next year, we would have, if nothing changed, we would have Bohm at third, Stott at Stott at short, somebody at second, Reese at first, JT at behind the plate, and in the outfield, Marsh, Harper. And probably Castellanos, because Castellanos has proved himself that he can defend, right? I mean, I, I did see trade speculations surrounding Shohei Otani. He, I, that, yeah, yeah, it said he wasn't going to be traded. Yeah. I do think if you put up a convincing offer like Reese Hoskins, Castellanos, and maybe uh, Brandon Marsh, Shohei Otani might be on his way to the Phillies. There is nobody in sports that I like more that is not on my team than Shohei Otani. So I would love that, but I don't think it's possible. So let me, let me let me say that again. Reese Hoskins, Nick Castellanos, and Brandon Marsh. I don't think the Angels would move him if they got Bryce Harper in return. 
No one's getting Bryce Harper. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't think he's moving. If the I... Phillies traded Bryce Harper, I would stop being a Philadelphia fan all in all. Oh, you like Eagles Sixers? E- Eagles Sixers. I'd be furious. Furious. So furious he added an S to the word. Furious. Plural. Plural. Furious. Anyways, so in your perfect world, what does our field look like? All right, so in my perfect world, uh, forget we, forget pitchers, forget we, we decline Gene Segura's option. Uh huh. So which we already, we, we, already we have. do his one million dollar buyout. Move Bryson Stott to second. Mm-hmm. I think you can keep Alec Bohm uh, at third for now. Uh, but you sign Trey Turner in free agency. Obviously, everyone thinks Trey Turner is going to go to the Phillies. He he's pretty much said it himself. He he wants to be on the East, and there is no better team to suit Trey Turner's needs uh, and skill set than the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm-hmm. I think there are some other shortstops out there that the Phillies uh, have options. Like uh, Bo- if, if Xander they, Bogertz. Or Dansby Sponson mm-hmm. if they don't get uh, Trey Turner. But like Dansby. Obviously, I want Hoskins gone. I, I really do not think Hoskins uh, can keep it up in Philly. Even he, after the spike? E- even after the spike. Reese Hoskins, yes, he, he is a character, but... He is also a huge liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a basically a DH, yeah, but has immense amounts of stretches where he hits nothing. Uh, obviously, that sh- showed in the postseason and during the regular season. He would have droughts of fifteen plus strikeouts in a row. So I think that Reese Hoskins uh, could be upgraded and packaged in a trade for someone. Um, I, I've seen uh, some trade speculation with other first basemen, so I think that Reese Hoskins might be packaged in a trade along with like Brandon Marsh or someone. Uh, maybe throwing Matt Beerling. Why are you throwing Marsh in all these trades? I like Marsh. I, I do too, but he he is a asset that can be traded, and I, I would rather give up Beerling. But Brandon Marsh will likely be asked upon for uh, his skills, um, but I do think. Castellanos might might get the boot because he's obviously twenty million dollars. Um, he's due twenty million dollars after signing that five year hundred million dollar deal. So I think you can upgrade it right field, first base. Wait, and you, shortstop. hold up, rewind. You said Castellanos is out. He's due twenty million dollars. Right. He's we just signed him to a new he contract. He's not worth twenty million dollars to me. So you trade him. I I would package Castellanos in a trade and get a. Right fielder in return. Well, why don't we just, you know, move our own guy to right field? Bryce Harper uh, you, will be coming could, back you, from injury. You can put Bryce Harper back. And you move Nick to left, keep Nick, move Swerber to DH. You, you very well could uh, do all of those. Everyone was talking about, like, the lineup. Like, where would Trey Turner be in the lineup? Trey Turner would probably start. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about have Schwarber at the two. I like that. And then have JT at the three. Do you want it? Bryce Harper at four. Mm-hmm. And then Reese Hoskins behind Harper. If then, you keep Hoskins. If you keep Hoskins. And you get Turner. And then Cassianos. If we don't get Turner, I will be disappointed. You will be disappointed. Um, the city of Philadelphia will be disappointed. Yeah. But I in my the I think I think the outfield is easily fixable. Because Bryce will be back for injury eventually. One hundred percent. You move Bryce to right, you move Nick to left, you keep Marsh and or Veerling in center. Both of whom are getting better. I mean, Marsh had that three run shot in the playoffs. And I think the outfield is easily fixable. In, you have Bohm who can stay third. You have Stott that can play both of the infield positions that are needed, which is short and second. So what you need to do is you need to get a second baseman or a shortstop who's a superstar who can add their bat. 
which means trade to Danny Dansby Swanson. I'm really hoping Justin Crawford uh, exceeds expectations in the minors. Uh, we signed him in the first round. Uh, he was the 17th overall pick out of Bishop Gorman High School. So I, I do think he will uh, need to put on some weight. Uh, he's fairly skinny. But uh, in the draft, dude, we we, were, we went heavy mm-hmm. for pitchers, um, specifically right-hand Henry, uh, pitchers one two three four five six seven are uh our picks were right-handers so i do think that the farm system needs to be used at some uh extent uh because you have a lot of relievers leaving but i i, I am very hopeful that uh, the phillies can bounce back and repeat um i is it likely? That's a completely another question. But I think we can make a run. We, we could definitely make a run. So we're not going to talk about starting pitcher. We gotta we gotta get out of here. But starting pitcher is obviously one of the biggest pieces to fill. Shortstop at second is the other one. It's gonna be very interesting to watch what happens in the upcoming days. What Thompson wants. What Thompson gets. And yeah. All right. Thank you all for joining. A reminder: Go follow us at AP Sports Theory on Instagram and Twitter. Email us at apsportstheory at gmail It's been a great time. We will be back Thursday with the usual slate. Thank you all for joining us here at the AP Sports Theory Podcast.